Thank you, Jesus. So exciting to be in this place. Uh, can we celebrate Kenny up there and to celebrate him? Can we celebrate everybody that's serving? And while we're clapping for Kenny, Kenny, I have no monitors whatsoever. If you can help me with that, that will be awesome. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, we thank you today. We bless you for this opportunity. Holy Spirit, we invite you in this place. Speak to us today, we pray. Touch us today. In Jesus' name, we all say together, amen, amen and amen. And well, good morning, Impact. How's everyone doing? Good. Well, I am so happy to be here today to share with you. And I am so blessed and honored and excited to be able to be here with my love and my best friend and share with him today. I'm super pumped, super pumped. Yes. We are really looking forward to empowering you guys in relationships today. God created us to thrive on relationships. You guys see everything exists on the foundation of relationships because God created us for the purpose of having relationship with him, right? And so he wants to see us excel and thrive in our relationships. Amen. Please write this down. If you are successful at everything else in life, but fail in your relationships, you will not experience the full satisfaction and fulfillment that God intended for you to have. Let me say that again. If you are successful at everything else, if you're successful in your career, if you're successful uh, as a husband, if you're successful in different things in your life as a, as a student, let's say that, but are not successful in your relationships, you will not experience the full satisfaction and fulfillment that God intended for us to have. It's all about relationships, beginning with our relationship with God. So we're gonna be talking about winning at relationships. It is so important for us to win at our relationships. And keep in mind, this message is for all relationships. It is going to dramatically impact your relationship if you can apply the things that we're gonna talk to you guys about today. Does that sound good? It's gonna dramatically impact your relationship with your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your spouse, your own children, your friends, aunties, uncles, all the relationships that God has blessed and given to us. If, if you can hear us today, we promise you we want to help you and you can apply these principles that we're going to share today. Amen. We've shared our story with you. The beginning of our relationship was tough, right? You have this passionate African bushman with this Italian um, mafioso <laughs> blood. So the, the beginning was so tough. We had so many fights, man. It was, and there was a point where we literally believed we were not supposed to be together, but we knew we loved each other. We just didn't know how to resolve conflicts. And it's crazy that there was a time where we would be fighting while we're apologizing to each other. Just think about that. We're apologizing to each other, but we're still fighting as we're apologizing to each other. And so it was clear to us that, yes, we, loved, we love each other, and yes, God put us together, but we just don't know how to apologize to one another. We don't know how to resolve conflict. We don't know how to forgive one another. And so today, we are talking about the five languages 
of an apology. The five languages of an apology because there are many people out there who love each other. You love your spouse, you love your mom, you love your father, you love your siblings. This is not just about marriages, this is about all relationships. But maybe you don't know how to resolve those conflicts. And today we're gonna to talk about the five languages of apology. This is a secret to life. This is a secret to acceleration and progress in life. So one day we were going to see our spiritual leaders, our pastors, Bishop and Mom Thompson. And on the way there, we were arguing. <laughs> perfect timing, right? It's just perfect. You're just gonna so, drop that right there. Perfect, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to let so them know. So we're, we're heading to see our pastors and we're arguing. Yeah, so we're on there, we're arguing, we're like, we just haven't arguing, we cannot resolve it. And we get there, and you know, so we're like, okay, just put this aside, we're good, we're good, kiss, kiss, all right, let's just go in. Let's act like we're gay, we're cool, we got it all together. And so we get in there, we sit down. Well, how many know, like, your arguments always end up finding their way back up, right? So we're there, and we're sitting there with them, and it just kind of finds its way back into the conversation. I'm like, how does this happen right now? But it was great. It was wonderful. Because we started to share with them some things that we were going through um, and what we were arguing about that day. And I just loved how, when we were sharing with them, they just had this calm, loving smile on their faces as, as if they were saying to us, we got you. We understand. We've been there. We've done that. Everything's going to be okay. And so they started to share with us their own personal examples of times that they have had arguments and conflicts and yep. they, they were not. They started telling us about their own arguments. We're like, this is cool. We're like, yes. <laughs> it's comforting to know there's nothing new under the sun, right? There's nothing new. We've all been through similar things. So just know that. Share. Share. Let somebody into your, into your issues and your things and let them help. So they started sharing with us some really awesome principles which led us to really have a breakthrough and led us to be here today with you because they led us to this book which was formerly known as Five Languages of Apology, now known as When Sorry Isn't Enough. Yep. And it's a book by Dr. Gary Chapman and uh, we had an incredible time with, with our bishop. His name is Bishop Gideon Thompson and his wife, Pastor Yvonne, amen. Uh, and we started sharing with them. By the way, everybody in this place needs to have someone they can go to that they trust more than themselves. Healthy relationships are not relationships that don't have issues. They're just relationships that their issues make them better because they have someone else they can reach out to. And then tomorrow you're going to reach out to somebody else. Amen. Please write this down. If you're going to have successful relationships... You have to learn to apologize because we are all imperfect people. If you're gonna have successful relationships, you have to learn to apologize because we are all imperfect people. At some point, you're gonna hurt somebody, and at some point, someone else is gonna hurt you. So we have to learn to apologize. We can't live our lives without learning how to apologize. Please write this also. The absence of an apology in a relationship causes wounds to fester and decay. An apology is the antidote that brings healing and restoration. The absence of an apology in a relationship causes wounds to fester and decay. An apology is the antidote that brings healing and restoration. Absolutely. So in 1 John, it says, if we confess our sins, 
he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So God is saying that in order for us to be forgiven, we need to confess. We need to apologize for those wrongs and those things that we have done, right? All right, so then the goal here that God is talking about, he says at the end, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The goal is to be cleansed. That's good. The goal is to walk in righteousness. That's good. Well, if that's true, this happens after forgiveness is given. And for forgiveness to be given, we need to confess and apologize. So in order for us to be cleansed, we need to apologize. Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. We have to forgive other people, but there's no forgiveness without an apology. The apology is the doorway towards the forgiveness. The forgiveness cannot be released. The apology is the bridge. There has to be apology first before forgiveness can be released. So where do we learn to apologize then? Let's go there. We know we need to. We know we need to to be cleansed. Where do we learn to apologize? Well, normally we learn from our parents. We learn from the family that we grew up in, right? What, what we're around, the atmosphere, the family we're around, that's where we learn. So let's all ask ourselves, which family did I grow up in? What kind of family? Or which family am I in now? We believe that there are five different types of families that, and the way that they learn how to apologize, the way that they learn how to deal with conflict. Four of them are unhealthy, and one of them is a healthy, godly example on how to deal with conflict and how to apologize. So maybe you'll uh, resonate with one of these today. The first one are families that they just sweep things under the rug. They just, they hurt each other, and then they just kind of keep on moving on and talk to each other like nothing ever happened. The second family holds on to offenses for life. They do not forgive, they do not apologize, and they hold grudges for life. Any candidates? Well, keep your hands down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But this is real. This is real stuff. The third family, they fight to resolve conflict. Like, they will just fight it out tooth and nail but that ends up causing more and more hurts that just compile on top of all the other hurts. Okay, so now we're at our fourth family. Well, our fourth family says sorry just to appease each other. So this family is like, I know I'm just supposed to say sorry. I don't care, I don't mean it, I'm just gonna say sorry. And there's just like sorry's being sprinkled everywhere but nobody really means it in their heart, right? So that's our fourth family. Our fifth family is the one that apologizes, they own responsibility, and they resolve lovingly. They mean this from their hearts, and they are, they are doing this in a godly way, and it's a, a wonderful, healthy way to apologize and approach, yep. approach apology. So we have five families here. Which one do you identify with? Because you have to sincerely acknowledge this. There has to be a diagnosis. You have to be willing to say, this is the way I grew up. 
if you're in denial here, the next points we're going to give you, they're not, they're not even going to work for you. You don't want to deceive yourself. You, you want to be able to be willing to say, this, this is my family, but that's changing today in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. amen. <clears throat> now, I believe there should be a sixth family there, and it's, it's the family of men, right? Because I believe that most men were, were raised and taught that real men don't apologize. Talk to me, somebody. If you're a real dude, you don't, you don't apologize. You just, you just brush it off. You just, hey, Jim, how's it going, man? You just, you just act like nothing ever happened. But what, happened is, what happens is that resentment still stays on the inside. We have to release forgiveness, and we can't do that without an apology. So please know today that if you are resonating with some of these unhealthy families, that there is hope today. Amen. It is never too late to change that direction that you may see yourself and uh, see yourself heading down right now. It's never too late to change that direction into a healthy way. Remember, it is not how you start. It is how you finish, Amen. right? Yeah. So people find this really hard to figure out the best way to apologize because usually they have their own way of doing it. It's their own way that they're used to knowing how to do it, which is why we're gonna give you some great tools today. We're gonna teach you those five apology languages today. Would you guys like that? Yeah. Awesome, okay. So we're gonna teach you those five apology languages today because studies have shown that everyone fits miraculously into one of these five categories. So it may not be that you have not been apologizing and it may not be that maybe you don't know how to apologize. It may simply be you are just expressing the wrong apology language mm. to that person because everyone has an apology language yeah. Yeah. and it's not usually your language. Yeah. So you need to speak the other person's apology language. And this is what happened to us. Many times I'd be apologizing profusely and would end up fighting because I wasn't speaking her language. I was speaking the language to her that I expect people to speak to me. And she was doing the same. So we would be in the midst of apologizing and we're still fighting. We're like, okay, we love each other. We're apologizing. What are we, why are we still fighting? So we had to learn to speak each other's languages. So we're gonna go into these five languages of apology. Right. All right, so number one, you ready? Number one, the first apology language is expressing regret. First apology language is expressing regret. This is where you, you say, I am sorry. I'm sorry. And that's it, like period, I'm sorry. This is an area that I really struggled with growing up. Amen to that. <laughs> Not just growing up and through marriage. Jesus, oh man, no. I don't know what it is, but I'm just gonna be real with you guys, is that okay? <laughs> this is my area that I struggled with. So. I struggled with just expressing regret right up front and saying, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know if this came from being the youngest of all the kids in my family, maybe. maybe? Youngest of five. Youngest of five, maybe. So maybe that's where it came from. I don't know, guys, but I formed this really bad habit of having to defend myself. So if I knew I did something wrong and somebody came to me, I would immediately defend myself and start explaining. Anybody in here? Don't, don't leave me hanging. I know there's some of you in there. All right. <laughs> so I would feel like, okay, I got to explain, 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 explain my way so you can understand me. I was fearful of being misunderstood. Let me explain. And then once I kind of see like you got me, like you understand me, then I'll say, I'm sorry. And I'm sorry about that. 
Well, let me just tell you, it would always blow up in my face because by the time I finished explaining, the sorry and the apology was so diluted, it just sounded so insincere wow. and so insensitive, there was no reason to even apologize because it didn't matter anymore. Well, let me tell you what the root of that is. Pride. Simply, plain and simple, pride. I was focusing on myself and how I looked, and it was very selfish to think, okay, I want you to understand me before I can actually express that regret to you. And then to make matters worse, after I said sorry, hmm. I would expect silence on the matter. Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you, I said sorry, now please zip it, don't say another word. <laughs> like, say, I forgive you and walk away, thank you very much. Because and I'm still standing in Jesus' name. <laughs> thank you, Lord, after all these years. <laughs> Jesus. I love you, babe. <laughs> Because how many know it takes humility to stand there and listen to somebody say how much they've hurt, you've hurt them and listen back all the things that you did wrong and how wrong you were. It takes humility. And how many know we need to be humble, right? We gotta take that, we gotta take that knife. It's good for us. So I ended up communicating selfishness rather than thinking about the other person that I inconvenienced, rather than putting them first and just expressing regret first. Please write this down. When you express regret first, you communicate to the other person that you are sincerely sorry for what you've done. You take responsibility for the wrong and express the desire to make things right. Amen. There's a scripture I love that my father would share with us when we were growing up and uh, on the flip side with my wife here, uh, my parents taught us uh, to apologize. They were so big on this. And I think I heard this scripture every time I made a mistake, all the time. And it's 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. 2 Corinthians 7, verse 10. It says, godly sorrow brings repentance. Godly sorrow brings repentance. In other words, you're not going to repent if you, don't feel, if you don't feel bad about what you did. If you don't feel sad about what you did. That, that's a good feeling. It's a healthy feeling. Many people run away from that feeling. But godly sorrow brings repentance. That leads to salvation. Salvation is freedom. God wants to bring you freedom. When you apologize, when you walk in forgiveness, there's freedom. Otherwise, you stay in that bondage. That leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. What's worldly sorrow? There's such a thing as worldly sorrow. It's just being sorry, not because you really feel bad about what happened. You just feel sorry because you got caught. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And that brings death. Yeah. Because that freedom will never come. You will never solve the problem in the first place and you leave yourself in bondage. So we have to learn to say, I am sorry. So I'm going to count one, two, three. Let's practice together to just say, I am sorry. This is a good thing to do. Here we go. One, two, three. I am sorry. One more time. If you can, turn to the person sitting next to you, to the left and the right, just as a representation, and just say, I am sorry. I am sorry. I am sorry. <laughs> Doesn't that just feel good? Amen. I feel so good. 
A sincere apology is birthed out of the womb of godly sorrow. A sincere apology is birthed out of the womb of godly sorrow. Sit right there and just, just take it in and just say, God, this doesn't feel good. I shouldn't have done that, but I'm not going to push this thing away. I'm just going to sit here and receive it. Number two, the second language of apology is accepting responsibility. Accepting responsibility. I was wrong. So for some people, it's not going to be enough to just say to them, hey, I'm sorry. That's not enough. Some people need to hear, I accept responsibility. I was wrong. I was wrong for being late. I inconvenienced you. I was wrong for not calling you when I said I was going to call you. I, I gave you a sense of rejection. I'm sorry for not doing this and this and this. Or I'm sorry for causing this and this and that. For some people, they need to hear that. And so if you're just saying, I'm sorry, zip it, don't say anything else, they're never going to feel satisfied. For some people, they need to hear you say, I accept full responsibility for the pain that I caused. Something happened to me that changed my life years ago. I think I've shared this story before. There was a man of God who had pledged to help me start my ministry years ago. Um, he was a very affluent person, pastored a, a very large church. He said, man, I've heard your vision, and I want to give you some money to start, your, to start your vision, to start your ministry. And he also was connected to another organization called the C-Cell Bidet Foundation. It's the family that owns the Days Inn Hotels. He says, I'm going to connect you to that family, and we're going we're gonna to give you some money to start your ministry and to do some amazing things. So he scheduled three appointments with me. The first one, I was about 30 to 40 minutes late. This, this was back in my African days, lateness kind of thing. Don't make fun of me. Brazilian time is worse than Africa. <laughs> but I was 30, 40 minutes late. And I showed up. He asked me why I was late. I made up a story. And this guy looked me straight in the eye. And, and I could tell he knew I wasn't telling the truth. Second time, uh, I was supposed to show up over there. I, I forgot all about it. Has this ever happened to you? You remember that you're supposed to have an appointment with somebody at the time you're supposed to be meeting with them. And you're like an hour away. So I jumped in the bedroom, changed some clothes and put on some you know, fresh clothes and ran over there. And I got there and I was about an hour, over an hour late. This particular day he didn't see me. But he told his secretary that he'll see me again two months later. Now the third time, I completely forgot about it. I didn't even know what day it was. I remember two days after. Can you believe this? <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? That's just me? Me? <laughs> Can I get one? Thank you, LJ. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but when he sat me down, he said, son, I'm going to give you a chance. Tell me the truth what happened. And I don't know what happened to me. Fear, I believe. I still didn't, I wasn't forthcoming. And he said this to me. He said, Zenzo, I'm not going to help you, and I'm not going to have this organization help you. He said, listen to me, son. I would be doing you a disservice to give you this money. Because you didn't accept responsibility, I can't trust you with this responsibility and with this assignment. It's changed my life forever changed my life. Now, I want you to know that God is a God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances. Come on, somebody in this place. 
because last year, the Days In family, the CCLB Day Foundation, just gave a big offering to Impact Church. Come on, somebody. It took 15 years, but thank God we're here. <laughs> they heard that we were studying a youth ministry, and they sold a seed towards the studying of the youth ministry in this church. God redeems. Amen. amen. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. Please write this down. Failure to accept responsibility for your wrongs communicates to others that you're okay with repeating the mistake again. Failure to accept responsibility for your wrongs communicates to others that you're okay with, repeat, with repeating the mistake again. Proverbs 28 verse 13, whoever conceals their sin does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Amen. I want, I want to add this here and just say that our fear to take responsibility for our faults is often connected to a distorted sense of self-worth. You are not your mistake. Everybody makes mistakes. The reason most people don't take responsibility for their mistakes is because you think if, if you admit your fault, it means you're a bad person. You're not. Release the grace of a, over your life in Jesus' name and let God heal you, heal you from the inside out. So even as parents, it's really important for us to teach our kids to say sorry, but not just say sorry, accept responsibility for what they've done. Uh, I, I would always tell our kids, say sorry. You know, go say sorry, go say sorry. And then some time ago, I started to realize, like, I'm telling them to say sorry and they're just doing it because I'm asking them. Hmm. And then the person that they've hurt, like they don't even understand, they don't, they don't even know, like, are you really sorry and what did you do? So I'm sorry turned into I am sorry for. Hmm. And then they would list what it was that they had done wrong, accepting that responsibility. It's a super important thing um, to make sure that we're, we are all doing, even as adults, right? All right, so let's move to the third language of apology. The third language of apology is called making restitution. The third language is making restitution. So maybe this is your language. Maybe this is what you need to hear in order to feel like that apology was complete for you. Because remember, we want you to figure out what your apology language is as well as being aware of other people's apology languages. So making restitution says, how can I make it right? Hmm. How can I show you that I still care about you? Thanks, babe. Please write this down. You will know that your apology is sincere when you are willing to ask the question, what can I do to make it right? Hmm. You are not willing to make, ask that question. You're not truly being sincere. Some people's languages need to hear this question. There's a really good example of a man in the Bible named Zacchaeus making restitution. And so in Luke 19, Jesus was with this man Zacchaeus. He ended up, and this man was a notorious tax collector. Nobody liked tax collectors because they were greedy and they would steal money. Well, Jesus, being Jesus, went to his home. Like, I'm gonna go to his home. And so he went to his home, and while he was there, Zacchaeus got so convicted. 
And he says this in Luke 19:8. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Wow, this is such a great, amazing example of making restitution and making things right. Amen. Some people need to hear this. What can I do to make it right? You know, especially if it's someone who has made mistake after mistake after mistake. After a little while, the sorry doesn't have any weight anymore. They need to hear you say, what can I do to make things right? Here's number four. Genuinely repenting. The fourth language of apology is genuinely repenting. This word repentance in the Greek is metanoia. Metanoia. Metanoia simply means to change your mind or change your ways. To change your mind and change your ways. Many times people think to repent is to just cry and show how sorry you are. But true repentance is shown by changing something. You've got to change something. Please write this down. True repentance starts with godly sorrow and tears, but it is completed by changing the way you do things. Let me read that again. True repentance starts with godly sorrow and tears. That's repentance. It's godly sorrow and the tears, but it is completed by changing the way you do things. There's a story I heard actually from the writer of this book, Dr. Gary Chapman, about a husband who struggled with anger. He was very hot tempered. And one day his baby, his young child, was crying. And he got so upset by this baby crying. He started telling the baby to stop crying. How many people know if you do that, the baby starts to scream even more? So he lost it. He grabbed the child and started shaking the child. And the wife showed up and yanked and grabbed the child from him and said, what, what are you doing? And he took off and he went for a walk for 30 minutes. When he came back, he said, honey, I am so sorry. I can't even believe that I did that. I feel so terrible. I'm, I'm so upset with myself. I can't even believe I did that. But honey, I need your help. Next time you see me getting angry, please just tell me to go take a walk. Here's the good news. That man never repeated that mistake again but he took so many walks in his life. <laughs> now, yes, he cried the tears, but not only that, they had a plan for change. They had a plan for change. And this is the fourth language of apology, is to genuinely repent, is to have a plan for change. Please write this down. True repentance has to be supported by a solid plan of change. True repentance has to be supported by a solid plan of change. What are we going to do? Especially if you've been make, making mistake after mistake. This happens with couples. Many times when, I, when we do marriage counseling, you, you hear somebody saying, Pastor, but, but she's been doing this. Or Pastor, he's been doing this. He says sorry, he says sorry, but he never changes. Well, he, he, he really is sincerely sorry, but what's missing is the plan for change. There has to be a plan for change for somebody to feel satisfied that you're truly saying sorry. Yeah. The last and the fifth language of apology is requesting forgiveness. Requesting forgiveness. 
This may be the language for some of you. Maybe you have had the best apology ever. Maybe you have repented. Maybe you have um, expressed regret. And maybe you have just done all the right things, but you have missed that one that one uh, phrase that that other person needs to hear in order for them to feel complete, which is, can you please forgive me? Very simply, can you please forgive me? Please write this down. Some people need to hear, can you please forgive me, in order for the apology to be complete. Psalm 2511 says, for your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. So again, Make sure you're listening to that other person and checking. Maybe they need to hear. Can you please forgive me? Amen. So those are the five languages. The question is, are you speaking the right language to the right person? You have to discover what's your spouse's language. Uh, I, I now know her language, <laughs> and she knows mine. We're not going to tell you which ones are ours, but there's a little... We have four questions here for you that are gonna help you know what your language is or what the language of the other person, your spouse is or your sibling or your child. So how do you identify your preferred apology language? That's what we want you to leave here knowing what that is. Number one, ask yourself these questions. Number one, when I apologize, what do I say or do? What do you say or do? Pay attention to what it is that you say or do because usually we speak our own language. And so if you kind of pay attention to what you're used to doing, you'll start to help, they'll start to help discover for yourself the language that you speak and that you need. Number two, what do I expect the person who has offended me to say or do? What do you expect from that other person? What, why do, what do you feel like? Oh, they didn't say sorry. They didn't say what they were sorry for. They weren't repentant. What is it that you're expecting that's at the top of your list to make that apology feel complete? Number three, ask yourself, what hurts most deeply about this situation? Yes, you were hurt, but what is it exactly that hurt you most deeply? Number four, what can they say or do to make it easier for you to forgive? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I believe that God is doing a work in this place that no man can do. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. There's a word of the Lord that came in this house. I believe it was at the beginning of this year or maybe the end of this year. But it came from uh, our deacon, Detaria. Detaria just waved at us from there. Let's pray for her. She's due for delivery this week. Can we just celebrate her? Amen. But she released a word. I believe it was the word, of, word from the Lord. And I called her back to the office when she shared this word. And I said, Detaria, let's pray for this word. I believe that in 2019, people are going to be tested when it comes to this issue of offenses. And some of you are already being tested in this area. And God gave me a word for those that would release forgiveness, walk in forgiveness, willingness to apologize and walk in forgiveness. There's going to be such a distinction in your relationships. There's going to be such a distinction in your ministry. There's going to be such a blessing and prosperity in your life. There's going to be a clear difference and distinction between those 
that are walking in forgiveness and those that are not. And as a pastor, as your pastor, I want to speak to you today and say this is the day to release forgiveness in Jesus' name. This is the day for forgiveness in the name of Jesus. I declare it over you in Jesus' name that everybody under the sound of my voice, it doesn't matter who hurt you, that you're going to be free today in the name of Jesus. Now, when Deacon Detail was sharing this word, I wish you knew what she's been through. I wish you knew where God has brought her from and that she's actually lived out what she was talking about. This is the day for forgiveness in Jesus' name. Years ago, I went into a hospital and my father was in the hospital before because some men of God and spiritual sons that he had raised had hurt him so deeply. And I saw my father in pain. And I said to myself, one, I don't ever want to be a pastor. And number two, I'm going to do something about this. And right there, I heard God saying, Zenzo, if you can't forgive, I can never trust you. And if I can never trust you, I can never use you. Because unforgiveness is the farthest thing you can be from being Christ-like. Unforgiveness is the farthest thing from being Christ-like. And forgiveness is the closest thing that you can be in order to be Christ-like. And if you can't forgive, God can't trust you. If God can't trust you, he can't use you. And when I came to Boston, the same thing happened. Some people, when I was beginning my night of worship, men of God actually hurt me so deeply. And I remember thinking, number one, I'm getting out of Boston. I'm going to Texas. I'm going to do these nights of worship in, in Texas. People in Boston are called. They don't want to get saved. Forget them. I'm going to Texas, where God is. And I heard the Lord saying, son, if you do that, I can never trust you. And I can never fully use you. And I remember when I forgave this man, I went to them. And those men that hurt my father, I literally went to them, each one of them. And I said, I want to forgive you because you hurt me by hurting my father. Many people ask me, Pastor Zenzo, why do you believe that God has blessed your ministries, this church, your marriage? I believe that when I release forgiveness, God released me. He cleaned my waters. And now I'm the fresh water that Jesus is using to feed a dying generation. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Please stand if you can. Please stand if you can. Please stand if you can. I want us to hold hands all across the aisles. Let's, let's hold hands. And every eye closed. Let's hold hands and every eye closed. Every eye closed. In this moment, I just want you to think about that person that you need to forgive. The word forgive simply means to release. Very simple. To forgive is to release. Who do you have to release? The Bible says, Jesus was teaching the disciples how to pray. It says, forgive us our debtors as we forgive those that have sinned against us. So Jesus is saying, you have to release other people or he can't release you. So you're not saying what they did was okay. You're not supporting the bad things they did. You're just saying, I need to release them so Jesus can release me. We're getting released in this place in the name of Jesus. I'm going to count one, two, three. 
There's faith that's rising in this place. There's a breakthrough that God is releasing in this place. You're not walking out of this place in bondage anymore in the name of Jesus. You are getting released today in Jesus' name. That's why there's so many believers. They give, they do all the right things, but there's no blessing. There's no prosperity. Because even Jesus can't release you if you haven't released others. So I'm going to count one, two, three. We're family today. If you need to release somebody, I want you to just, to just, that hand that you're holding, that hand that you're holding, I want you to just do something and indicate that's me. Just squeeze that hand two times or three times. We're family. I'm going to count one, two, three. Squeeze that hand to your left and to your right and just say, help me. I'm your brother. I'm your sister. I need to be released and I need to release someone. Here we go. One, two, three. Squeeze, 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 squeeze. We're family. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. You can open your eyes. I'm going to count one, two, three. If somebody squeezed your hand, don't take no for an answer. Drag them to the altar. We're going to pray and you're released today in Jesus' name. Here we go. One, two, three. Let's run to the altar. We're going to be released. We're going to be released. Hallelujah. Look at what God is doing. Look at what God is doing. Empire, let's put our hands together. Come on. This is freedom today. This is freedom. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. This is freedom today. Come on, let's put our hands together. This is freedom today. We thank you for the release in Jesus' name. Come on, look around. Look at what Jesus is doing in this place today. Hallelujah. So, Father, we pray today in the name of Jesus. I take dominion, authority over the spirit of offense in Jesus' name. And I pray that today every bondage is broken. And I pray that today healing and forgiveness and restoration is being released in this house in the name of Jesus. For those that came in bound, they're going back freed in the name of Jesus. We forgive and we release today in Jesus' name. We declare freedom and victory in Jesus' name we pray. Come on, somebody shout and celebrate Jesus in this place. Hallelujah for freedom in Jesus' name.